Hi, everybody. Leanne and Mason here for our Different Perspectives podcast. Hi, Mason. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Different Perspectives with Leanne and Mason Halitza. We're here discussing our different viewpoints through the lens of energy work. Today, we will be discussing being around difficult people and having to mask your energetic response. Myself, Leanne, has a background working in business before I found my true path and transitioned to energy work. And I'm currently the owner of the healing studio in Broomfield, Colorado, where I work as a healer and a teacher. You can find more about me at insightfulinspirations.com. Mason, my son, has the unique opportunity to be raised by a subtle energy aware household where more than meets the eye is not only validated, but encouraged to explore. He is currently a student journalist at CSU. You can find his work currently on the Rocky Mountain Collegian. All right. So today we're going to talk about being energetically sensitive and being around energetically difficult people. So I'm going to let you kick this off. You said you had some questions that you wanted to throw out there. So let's do it. Well, when it comes to masking, I think that the first thing comes to mind is big family gatherings. Because mm. I think that that's the first place where we're taught to mask. Okay. Tell me more. Um, I don't want to be too specific, but um, when we visit certain relatives, it seems like um, there's a lot of masking going on at the larger events. It doesn't seem to come into play as much when it's like closer relatives, but I think that everyone just puts on a face. Everyone has to be nice to each other and get along, even if there's like history or something like that. Cause it seems like it would, it seems like it should come up a lot more than it does. You mean that some of the negative stuff from the past should come up more than it does. Yeah. Whenever you're at one of those events and there's some kind of feud between two family members, it's like, you can just feel the tension in the room and everyone's just like smiling and <laughs> just pretending that it's not okay. Yeah. So you feel like that happened at some of your childhood events? Yeah, I could definitely recognize it as happening because there'll be times when somebody would be very upset and then they're like, okay, we got to go back out. And then we go back out. Everybody's just smiling. <laughs> So were you aware of this at the time that it was happening or yeah. <laughs> you were? Yeah. And I think we just are kind of conditioned to accept it. Mm. Yeah. And if you were headed into your own family life, what would you do differently? I don't know. That's the thing. It's like hard to find an alternative because you don't want drama at every family event. Right. But um, I think that we're taught to do it everywhere. Like work. I've heard a lot of times when foreigners come here, they're like, like a grocery clerk is way too nice <laughs> here for their job. And it's understandable because it's like, it seems like if you're not like perfect and you're having the best day ever, if you're in service, especially that it's wrong and you can't be working that way. Yeah. Well, when we, when we brought up this topic or when I brought up this topic, I was also thinking like, more about like how you and your brother have struggled with certain kinds of teachers. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I have stories of, as a kid of struggling with certain kinds of teachers as well. Um, mainly because, you know, like I could see the truth of some of some of those teachers and they didn't, that wasn't allowed to see the truth, you know, like I was supposed to see them in a certain way. And if I wouldn't, 
um, I would not get treated very well, or I would just have a hard time acting. I'm as everybody knows me. No, everybody knows I do not have a poker face. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was hard for me to pretend I was okay when I wasn't, but you guys, you guys like kind of gave some teachers a run for the money that you struggled with energetically. Well, um, that's one of my questions I was going to ask you. Um, I don't know if I'd remember with my like six year old brain, but do you think that one of my problems with school is that I just didn't want to mask? Yeah. When I was younger and the teacher didn't like that. Yes. And I also, I, you remember that story of the teacher who got all mad because she thought I told you about your, about, about uh, her private life. Yeah. Do you want to tell that story or do you want me to tell it? You probably have a better like details. Well, this was when you were in second grade and you are a year young in school. So you were young. You had to be six, maybe, maybe seven, maybe seven. Um, and this teacher came marching out of the school with kind of, I mean, if she could have pulled you by your ear, she would have. Um, but she just stormed out with you, like kind of scared behind her. And she said to me, and this was on the play, play, playground where everybody, like other parents were picking up their kids, like everybody was there. And she said, how dare you? And I, I said, how dare I what? And she said, exploit my personal life um, to, and tell your children things about me. Because she knew what I did for work. She knew I was a working psychic. And so she had thought I had told you something about her life. And I don't know why she would have thought I would have told you that. But I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And she she said, Mason, tell her what you did. And you were like, super like, like not sure what the heck to do. And and then you said, well, she had, she was having, she was being really mean to the class all day. And I didn't know how to get her to stop. And I wasn't the only one mama wanted her to stop. Everybody wanted her to stop. And I, and she said, tell her what you said to me. And and you said, I said that she didn't have to be so mean to us because she had a fight with her husband and didn't sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> and she thought I told you that. I was like, that kid came up with that all on his own. Sorry that he said that. And she was like, well, that's not appropriate for him to say things like that to me. But I could kind of see your desperation, right? Like you're like, she's being so mean. How can I disarm her? And I know let's call her out on a fight with her husband in front of all the kids. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> Good times. We got a laughy face on that one. <laughs> um, but you know, there were, there were many times where there was teachers wanting to put you in your place. Yeah. I can think of my third grade teacher. Yeah. The one that we actually had to pull you out of school and move you to a religious school. Yeah, the religious school thought the same thing though. That you were at the devil. <laughs> no, you, you know, cause you learned about the devil at that religious school and you came home and you said, so we had just moved you from an elementary school and we took you um, to this. The only place we could really figure out was this private school that we didn't realize was super, super strict religious. Like, fire and brimstones religious and we moved you there and they they immediately started indoctrinating you with religion which you hadn't really been and you came home and said mom what's the devil 
And I tried to explain the best that I could. And I'll leave the teacher's name out of it. But you actually said the teacher's name. So let's just call her Mrs. B. Um, she, um, Mrs. B was the teacher we had to leave in the middle of a school year for because she was being so awful to you. And you came home and asked me what the devil was. I tried to give you my best ver childlike version of what I thought the devil was. And you said, yeah, I learned about the devil today. And I think Mrs. B thinks I'm the devil. <laughs> and I was like, oh, poor baby. Like, that's so sad that his teacher was so mean to him and so made him feel so bad that he learns about the devil and goes, oh, that must be me. <laughs> oh, that was sad. But it was, yeah, I mean, we definitely... Even in that school, like you were reading your Harry Potter book while you were supposed to be reading the Bible. You had the Bible in front of the Harry Potter book. <laughs> that was when you were seven. Because I think I, my, in my brain I went, I don't believe in this stuff and I don't practice this. So I don't have to take this class really seriously. <laughs> how did, Yeah, I don't know how you got so hard-headed so fast because we were, we were spiritual people. Well, they, uh, they must have indoctrinated me wrong. <laughs> well, they definitely used fear and that there was fear and like fire and brimstone type stuff. At well, that I, school. Think, I didn't know that. I think that the biggest problem with that school was again, that I would refuse to mask and I would just ask too many questions and they didn't like that. And I would go, well, that doesn't seem right. Why is this? And they're like, you don't ask that question. Yeah, it is interesting how you're like supposed to be curious learners, but you're not allowed to ask questions or or create any kind of friction. Um, I do know, and again, I won't name names even if it's positive, but one of your teachers towards the end of your, your you know, dis school district years really liked how you asked a lot of questions and engaged and were skeptical and, you know, had... I, I since learned he wrote you a letter of recommendation. I and we were told, oh, that never happens now. So I guess you got the one the lucky got a recommendation from him. <laughs> so I, you know, I often felt like you guys were valid in your struggles in school with the teachers, because I could see what you were seeing. And but we, yet we were supposed to just be like, hmm, they're a teacher. You have to obey your teacher. You have to, and you well, can't can't pick your teachers. Well, I think it's always been the absence of flexibility in the school system. Tell you're me more. To, you're supposed to fit into the cookie cutter that they want you to. And it's a school works as one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. <laughs> True. For most people. <laughs> so we got a little comment that said, that's awesome, Mason. Um, back on the, probably on the Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I feel like you're, I feel, I feel like, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. I feel like your brother was a little bit better at it than you to like, just suck it up and put a mask on for the time that he had to be there. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know how this serves us in life to be this energetically sensitive and not be able to, I mean, like, I mean, I guess I work for myself and I run my own place and I have my own little energy bubble because so then I, I still encounter difficult people though, um, or, you know, on some level or another. Um, I don't know, like I being energetically sensitive, I think sometimes you do have to put a mask on, don't you think? Yeah. I think a lot of times it, I, I would say it's when I'm working in service. 
Yeah. But what about, like you said, like family, family gatherings, sometimes it's just easier to just go. And I don't think that people do it because it's just like accepted as the right thing to do. It's because people don't like conflict. They don't want to be the one to have instigated it. Right. Right. And you don't seem to be too afraid of conflict. I mean, in some, in some situations. <laughs> so Melissa's commenting awesome on calling the teacher out on the meanness and Harry Potter. <laughs> well, so I feel like there's, I don't know, like I struggled with this as far as being energetically sensitive with you and like being open to, you know, what you were experiencing, what you were feeling versus what was expected society wise. I mean, I'm, very much a rule follower if I can be and a conflict avoider. And you were very much not either one of those things. And being your mother was a little hard because you would like throw me directly into conflict or directly into something because you'd be like, I'm not doing that. And then I don't know. what do you think of me and my response? Um, in which, what, like what kind of situation you'd be an example? Well, okay. I remember one time. Okay. And this is totally, um, so you, you shouldn't have done this. Let's just, I'll start there, <laughs> but you were totally getting bullied at a new school and you were talking about it and talking about it and trying to say you were getting bullied and, and nobody would believe you. And you had heard in a cooking class the night before, um, a kid very dramatically said, I hate my food allergies. I want to just go to my grandpa's house and get a gun and kill myself. Which oh is Yeah. Awful, awful, terrible thing for that kid to have said. But you were like, whoa, there was some power behind those words. Like you felt that, like it hit you. I mean, you came right out from the cooking school and told me about it, but I, your little brain went, oh, I can use that. So the next day you went to school and said to your bullies, if it weren't against the rules, you said that part first, I would go to my grandfather's house and get a gun and shoot you guys. Now, I'm not saying you should have said that, especially with the school shootings, things like that. But the, but you got in school suspension for it. Now, this was by this time. Now you're maybe eight, maybe, maybe, maybe nine. Um, but you're still, you know, like you did everything you could and you were just trying to defend yourself with words. Um, you weren't really going to do that. Shoot at the school or anything, but you didn't know how to get these people to stop. So you ended up in in school suspension. This was a K through eight school at the time. And you ended up with an eighth grader in, in school suspension with you. Do you remember her? Yes. And so you spent all day with her. Yeah. And, 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 do, you, and do you remember why she was being suspended? And what yeah, could she class? One little strip dyed in her hair. She had it dyed a beautiful feather. And it was just a strip. But it was this beautiful feather strip. It had just cost a lot of money. I mean, it looked really tasteful. It was really... But she was being put in in school suspension because the rules were you couldn't have anything but natural hair color. So when I went to go pick you up from your thing and you were like, Mom, I met this nice eighth grader. <laughs> um, the principal came out and said while I was there, she said to the girl, now go home and fix your hair, honey, so you can go back to school. This woman had the most fakest red dyed hair I'd ever seen in my life, too, by the way. The principal. The principal. Yeah. So she didn't have natural hair color either. And anyway, she, the girl I don't think did. I think she kind of stayed her no, course. But, but, you know, I mean, so, so I felt like what a message we were sending our kids 
that, you know, you have can't have any kind of uniqueness. I mean, this was a gifted school too. And, you know, and the way to handle a kid who says he's getting bullied so bad, he's threatening his peers, throw him just in all by himself in, in school detention. I mean, you weren't with adults that during the day. No, you just sat in the front room. They They just brought me work to do, which I didn't do. Which you didn't do. Typical Mason. So, so, you know, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's, I think it's a hard line for people, you know, so I think your generation is more energetically sensitive than the last. I think that they, that is evolving. I do think that there's more and more energetic sensitivities um, for good or for bad, you know, sensory processing disorders and things like that. But as a mother, I think it was hard for me to tell you when to put a mask on and just suck it up and how to let you have your own feelings about things. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, I think that the school system is the one that forces you into a category because they said, okay, you have ADHD, you have trouble paying attention. You're special ed. You get thrown in this group with all these other people. You're, you are just as they, they basically don't, there's no distinction. They're just like, all these people need the same amount of attention. Yeah, well, I just, I don't think they knew what to do with you and your defiance. <laughs> I mean, they I think they put you in special ed to try and get you to have a different place to go that wasn't disrupting the rest of the conformed conforming children. They put you with the kids who couldn't conform. Yeah. Or they tried to keep me quiet with lots of candy. <laughs> I know, that's super helpful too, right? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, I mean, I guess as you're going into adulthood, you're going to encounter people that are not great. I mean, your previous, you've had jobs. We won't name names again, but you've had jobs where there were not very pleasant people working there. How did that impact your performance? I mean, um, specifically with refereeing, I think it just made it better. But, um, if I couldn't say anything like at Freddy's, if I couldn't say anything, I mean, I don't care. (laughs) We were going to, we were going to avoid naming names. But um, when I was working there, there was like, you have to be do customer service, right? You have to be friendly. You can't. And if a customer is being mean to you, you just have to stay in there and take it because you're not allowed to say anything back. But when I was doing soccer refereeing, I can throw them off the field. Right. I'm not working for them. I'm working for an organization that hired me to babysit them. You are you are a good referee. I hope you get back into it when as these restrictions lift. Yeah, me too. I mean, because you were good at conflict and facing conflict and you didn't avoid it. And sometimes you would actually like totally indulged in it. Like, okay, you want to have conflict? Let's have conflict. I'm the referee and you're going to get thrown off. <laughs> yeah, I think it's exercising authority. Mm. That's a little, it's a little bit of a power trip for me. <laughs> so I guess back to my question, I kind of got off on a tangent with the, like with the hair dye thing, but the, I mean, what would you do differently with your kids in regards to responding? Um, with school, I would encourage them to do the opposite of what the teachers like, not in general, but. So what if you're constantly getting called by the school and saying your kid is bad, your kid is not good. Then what do you do? I'd be entertained. You'd be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're definitely not like me then. It just stresses <laughs> me out. That stresses me out. I hope you have that conversation with your your wife in the future before you have kids. <laughs> so you're not encouraging little delinquents. I just be like, yeah, he's eccentric. That's your, that's what you're paid to deal with. Not me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was very much told it was my problem by the teachers. Like your kid is the problem. You need to fix the problem. No, I don't think so. <laughs> What about family situations, like large family gatherings? And you're, if you were in my generation, like you had kids and what, well, what would you change? Even with uh, certain other family masking your profession. Like, I think you know what I mean. But like, we have, like, it is a thing that we have to talk about when we go to these things. And because of judgment and avoiding conflict and... Yeah, you can expand a little bit more on that. Well, because some of our more religious family is not very accepting of what you do. And, yeah. And we kind of have to hide that when we interact. And it's it definitely feels like masking. Like, And, it, and when it's that specific, it's like identifiable. Like there are topics off limits at this party. Mm. And I think that that's... It encourages masking in other situations. Mm. So do you think I shouldn't have done that? A little bit. Tell me more. I think that um, what are they going to do if you embrace it? <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, words only carry weight if you respect them. Well, I mean, I also don't want to have to deal with being told I'm wrong or that I'm bad in a situation where I really, it's not relevant to even talk about it. So I just don't want to talk about it, which by yeah. the way, Mel Melissa's validating. You had it rough in school, challenging for sensitives. I had it rough in school too. It was challenging for me as well. And people, I, I was not your kind of sensitive. I was sensitive. Like, like I'm going to cry if you look at me wrong kind of thing. <laughs> and teachers didn't like that either, but yeah. anyway, sorry, back on the family topic. Um, but I think that, um, with other family, it's different because I think it's not us masking. I think we can, I can visibly see other people masking. Mm. I mean, I don't know that it's for me, like if I'm saying to you, don't talk about this at this event, um, that I'm, well, cause you like to poke. And so sometimes I just have yeah. to say to you and Jack does too. They, you guys like to like bring up sensitive topics and be like, what's everybody going to do with this information? Right. And so um, it wouldn't have come up naturally. So I didn't want you guys to poke. It wasn't that I was asking you to pretend you were something you weren't. I just was asking you not to instigate. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, I think that there were also times where I could just visibly see other family members masking. Yeah. And uh, what do you do? What do you do about that? As pointed out to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So just for, you know, not to call anybody out specifically again, we're going to avoid names and, and identities, <laughs> but what kinds of masks do you see people wearing? Um, I could just see people being overly friendly. Overly friendly. Mm, when, that, when it's when it's very painfully obvious that they don't want to 
they don't want to be friendly, but they're being yeah. friendly. Or that they are just like, they don't feel like being that friendly, but they are anyways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens with a lot of people. I could see that in my work, in school. And I'm like, I'm like you can cool it down. I don't need that much intensity. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess I just feel like, I, you know, I think this is relevant for just also to, so you're, you know, 20 and now you've gone through some experiences, but you haven't gone through enough yet to like have some true solid, you know, like you'll have, everybody has judgments about parenting and things like that until they have their own kids. (laughs) That's just normal. Um, But um, yeah. And, and we do have, have some people commenting about how this is conversation about masking is helping. But I, you know, I really struggled to ma- to parent you guys as authentic as I could, as authentic and aware and letting you have your awareness while walking the line of being that rule follower, conflict avoidance person. Yeah, but I think that I have an opinion that's probably not widely like that rules are not rules are flexible. Rules are flexible. Based on... Well, I think some rules are flexible for sure. I mean, there's some rules that just, you know, morality-wise. Like, well, yeah. Not okay to steal. There's, there's a lot yeah. of rules that it come, personal morality comes into play. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, masking is such a... I don't know. It's we. It's hard to, as a... Because, you know, I mean, dad, your dad will say things to you guys like, just learn to play the game. Just learn to play the game. And, I mean, to some extent we kind of do have to do that or no, you don't think so. Mm, I think that if you learn to face people, like not be phased by people being judgmental, that's the most important part of that. I don't think it's about being authentic. I think it's about not being like closing it up to other people just because they gave you like a negative reaction. And I think it's about like, just not disregarding it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if someone, if you don't like someone's opinion, it doesn't matter that much to you. So not taking things personally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One of the four agreements. Yeah. I mean, really not taking things personally is a really great skill. And I don't think very many people have that. I agree. Um, why do you think you have that? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you had a great mother who loved you so much and told you how great you were all the time. <laughs> uh, part of that. And I think that it's also my, um, my defiance. Yeah. I don't know that the defiance thing is an actual disorder. (laughs) Um, Where did I get it from then? I think you just like to be defiant because you like to push and find power. That could be true. (laughs) Um, So... But I do think that there's a big group of people who are find, thriving in an anti-space. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But I guess, okay, thriving in an anti-space versus like, I don't know. I mean, it's such a fine line, isn't it? Like uh, cooperating I, with society and not. Well, I think there's a difference between just being anti, being against something just to be against it. But I think that like driving your opinions home by finding people who disagree with you is a different thing altogether. Mm. Well, I I mean, and people are so mean to each other. Yeah. 
you know, like, I don't know if they disagree. They, it's like, you're a bad person. It's the internet. It's the ability to hide behind a I don't think. I don't think it's totally the internet. Cause I actually have a relative that again, I will not name, um, who's no longer here with us on the planet who really pretty much was like black and white. If you believe this politically, you're an idiot and I won't have anything to do with you. You know, and that was like very black and white. Like I am right and you are wrong. And that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. And Which I, think I don't that... think is healthy to go through life being that rigid. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. But you can be rigid on the opposite side of things too. I, I don't think know. there are some things where I'm like, yes, this is what I believe in. No matter how much anyone has tried, they haven't changed my mind. That's how I think of it. Not but would you like stop talking to people if they didn't agree with you? Sometimes, yeah, I try. Hmm. If it's about something that I have a huge moral problem with, then yes. Oh, well, moral, yeah, huge moral problem I could see. But um, all right. Well, as we come to a conclusion, and we could talk more about masks. I mean, it seems, and people, those of you watching now, later, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate your comments. And, and you definitely can ask us questions, which we can address in pre later podcasts. Um, or you can suggest topics that you want us to talk about. Um, but what do you think about what should our next topic be? We could continue this in a different way. Masks in a different way? Because I think there's a lot of places where this could be applied. Okay, so tell me what direction we should take next time. Um, we could take more of a, like, discussing ways to be more authentic. Okay. Well, and be more authentic in friendships and relationships and figure out how to also be able to be out in the world around people who are going to be different than you mm -hmm. and still be authentic and not necessarily hide yourself. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. That'll be our topic. We're switching up our time for this, for this live broadcast, you guys, because Mason got a new job. And um, so this is, I delayed it a little bit today, but this is going to be our kind of regular time, um, 5 p.m. Wednesdays, Mountain Time, until unless otherwise gets rescheduled. Um, so, you know, put it on your schedule. I'll put it out on the Internet. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye.